The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of The Village, where we will discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in this M. Night Shyamalan movie. And joining me today on the panel are Mike Creevy. Hey, Mike. Hey, good to be here. And Mike Denz. Hey, Mike Denz. Hey, everyone. Folks, remember to like The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on Facebook. We were at Facebook.com slash Media. Retweet us where you find us on Twitter, where we're at SQPN. We're also on Instagram at, at StarQuest Network. And be sure to leave us comments wherever you find us. We love to hear from you. Another show on the network you are sure to enjoy is The Secrets of Middle Earth. They've been going uh, gangbusters with the new Rings of Power series, and you want to check that out. It's really good discussion. Uh, you can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Middle Earth. But we're talking about The Village. And before we get into our discussion, I want to give you all a quick recap of this 2004 movie by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, here's the what happens in this one. In a small, isolated 19th century Pennsylvania village, the residents live a simple life marked by the fear of some kind of dangerous creatures living in the surrounding woods. When one of the young people die of an ailment, another young man, Lucius Hunt, petitions the village elders to let him travel to the nearby towns for medicines, but he's refused. Meanwhile, small animals and livestock are showing up dead and skinned and clawed. Meanwhile, Ivy Walker, the daughter of Elder Edward Walker, falls in love with Lucius. But when Lucius is stabbed by Noah, another young man with developmental disabilities, Edward reveals the startling secret of the village to Ivy and sends her to the towns for medicine for Lucius, even though she's blind. Edward revealed that the monsters aren't real, but are creations of the elders to keep the young villagers from venturing out into the wicked towns. But on her journey, Ivy is stalked by one of the monsters and manages to lure it to its death, only for the audience to have it revealed that it was Noah in one of the monster suits. And in the end, the real secret is that it's not the 19th century at all, but present day, and they're only pretending to live in the primitive past. The end. So uh, it that, was great to be with you. Uh, yep. Thanks, See thanks you for coming. See you guys later. Not a lot to talk about. <laughs> so uh, let me mention some of the cast for for those of you who uh, who may have uh, not remembered since then. Uh, we have uh, Bryce Dallas Howard in an early role uh, playing Ivy Walker, uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing Lucius Hunt, Adrian Brody as Noah. William Hurt as, uh, I was going to say Elizabeth, Edward Walker, her dad. Sigourney Weaver plays Alice Hunt, Joaquin Phoenix's, Lucius's uh, mom, uh, as well as Brendan Gleeson. And Cherry Jones is in it, which was awesome, because yeah. every time I hear Cherry Jones's voice, I think of the Little House on the Prairie audiobooks that she, <laughs> de- she did. So I just love hearing Cherry Jones, because it's a good memory. Um, yeah. So guys, first... How when did you see this movie? Did you see it when it came out in theaters? And how often have you seen it? And I asked that for a specific reason, but go ahead and tell me, uh, Mike Creevy. Well, so I um, I saw this. I guess I, I I didn't check the release date on it. it should be on here quick. Was it uh, was it summer two thousand four? 
uh, July probably, 2004. Yeah, July. Yeah, right. So um, I had just actually uh, gone on a retreat and it was after my uh, sophomore year of college. And so it was it was, it was very specific. We, we were making this movie that summer. Um, my friends and I like to make you know, different movies and stuff when we were in high school. And this this had built up for like probably six or seven months. We were we were making this War of 1812 kind of period movie. And so we were all kind of in this old timey sort of mindset. We were almost done. We had like the last three or four scenes to shoot. And then I went and saw this movie and totally just hijacked it. Like basically we, we used. <laughs> tons of music from the soundtrack for our movie and the whole there's like this whole like hunt sequence near the end where the bad guy is hunting my character and we just it totally took on this like horror movie type thing that like this this vibe that was not anywhere else in the movie so it, it very much immediately had its fun effect on it but uh yeah it was it was that summer you know i remember seeing it okay. with uh with friends back then and um i i liked it from the very get-go which i know a a lot of people did not, apparently. <laughs> well, a lot of people liked it. it. It had quite good box office, so it was popular. That's true, yeah. Uh, some critics didn't, notably, as we were talking mm-hmm. beforehand, Roger Ebert. Uh, but have you seen it multiple times since then? Yeah, I I, um, I don't know for sure if I've seen it like every year since then, but I, oh. I'd i say at least every other year. I mean, it's, it's one oh, of awesome. my, it might be my favorite movie from him, or it's at least tied for the top space, maybe with a, uh, well, it's hard to pick those first yeah. three or four. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, uh, nothing since then. OK, uh, how about? Yeah, right. We, we, we were talking about that beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Denz, how about you? Uh, did you see it when it first came out? And have you seen it since then? I believe I saw it when it came out on what at that time would have been DVD, uh, like when it first came out um, mm-hmm. in 2004. I was. Uh, five years into uh, marriage, uh, poor, and uh, probably not going to a lot of movies. So I don't have the kind of recollection that Mike Grevy has, but I know I saw it. I mean, and I saw it early enough where the spoilers weren't prevalent, so I had no idea what was going on, uh, which is, you know, obviously key to any M. Night uh, movie. You you need to not have a clue what's going, you know, anything about it. and, And I guess that's kind of, for me, for a lot of his movies, I mean... I've watched signs several times because uh, there's just aspects to it that I really like. I'm a yeah. big Mel Gibson fan. Um, and it's not a big reveal type of movie, like a big twist. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of the ones where the, tw- the, the twist, you know, is, is kind of like the fun part of the movie. Um, I haven't seen like more than a couple of times. Now I just watched the, this one this yep. morning to, for this mm. podcast. And that might be only the second or third time I've ever seen it. Okay. So you got right to a point I was I was making by asking you because uh, that's a that's one of the things about Shyamalan's early movies is like Sixth Sense, uh, uh, not as much Signs, but Unbreakable and The Village all had these very important twists. Where I mean, I don't know if you remember at the time when people saw Sixth Sense, it was hmm. people's minds were blown, like yeah. people were freaking out. I, I still remember it vividly. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. have to oh, see yeah. this movie before someone spoils it for you, which is you yeah. know great for the box office and. And so I remember needing to get to see the village at the theater before anyone could reveal the spoiler. Cause I'm like a huge, like even just on regular movies, I hate spoilers. You know, I just, I do not Mm -hmm. like to be spoiled. And Oh yeah. But watching it at the time, you know, you have this reaction to the twist, but I haven't watched, I I don't watch again, apart from signs, I don't watch these twist Shyamalan movies very often 
mm-hmm. because I, f- I kind of feel like once I know the twist, does it have the impact? So coming into this recording and watching it again, I was very interested, interested in checking my own reaction. What's it going to be like to watch this again? Now that I know what's going on and it was a very interesting experience and we could talk about it as we go through it, but there was a lot more revealed. Now, does it, does it lessen my enjoyment? No, it didn't. In fact, I started watching the other night and I was like, oh, it's kind of late, but I'll get started and I'll watch half of it and I'll come back tomorrow and I watch the other half. Yeah, like at 1230, I was like just finishing up because I like I was like, oh, I'll just keep I'll watch the next part because oh, there's like three major movements in it. And I can, oh, I'll just watch the next part. And so that was my experience. I did the same thing the other night. <laughs> yeah, <it> was... <laughs> Well, and we'll talk more about the, the the twist and stuff. I'm sure as we go, but I think with I really think this one's twist. I don't know. I just I feel like it's its own. It, there's something very unique about it because of what it really means for the entirety of of this whole yes endeavor that they're under. You know, right. and and for like the people for the majority for the ninety nine percent of the people in the village, they don't know it's a twist. Exactly. You know, like they they think it's all yeah. So that's that's a really interesting aspect. I'm sure we'll get to later. It's kind of a triple twist too. You know, it's not just one yeah. twist. Go ahead, Mike Dents. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. No, the for me, I I had to. This was like our, our daughter is the primary caregiver to our puppies that we just got like a month ago, and so <laughs> but we do it Saturday morning so she can at least have one night where she's not getting up early with the dogs. And not getting up early means like you know eleven o'clock. It's like Maria. So. For me, I had to have her with me so she never saw it. And, and I'm like, this would be so much better if I watched it with somebody who never saw it so I can kind of live it through them. Okay. If I just sit here, and I, I didn't. Once I got into it, I'm like, well, I really would have enjoyed this, you know, by myself. But it was just much more fun watching her. And I like yeah. right when they were opening the box towards the end, I paused it. It's like, do you know? Do you know? And she's like, no, I don't know what's in the box. You, she kept on saying, we're going to find out what's in the boxes. And she wanted me to say on the podcast that she did think that they were in in modern times that that as okay. the girl was leaving she so she's like keep to make sure that you tell them that i figured it out i'm like well okay but you didn't admit you figured it out but she claimed i didn't know what was in the boxes but i figured it out but anyway that's what oh i did gosh. to rewatch it with her but i one of the things that i maybe wasn't thinking about it back in 2004 i don't know i just one of the things i really enjoyed about it was the performances of even though oh, you yeah. know it like watching um you know dallas uh Howard Bryce, Bryce Dallas Bryce Howard, Dallas yeah. Howard yeah, yeah. I, I I can remember Dallas a lot easier than I can remember Bryce <laughs> and um and and how uh, Ron Howard used to say that they they named their children after uh like where they were where they when they were conceived that's so what I I've heard too in Dallas <laughs> TMI Ron <laughs> TMI yeah sorry yeah, nobody I know TMI know Ron I mean Ron thank you but you know you could have just left that out uh, uh, my so son anyway. Buick. sorry go ahead <laughs> <laughs> exactly cars too cars were brought up I'm, I am um, sorry everyone I'm sorry. sorry but anyway yeah so that's that that was just I really I mean because there's not like special effects and you know there's some scary things and Stuff like yeah, that. Right. The story is neat, but uh, t- I mean, watching um, you know Phoenix and and her and everything, it was just wow. These are this is enjoyable. Yeah, and again, the, the direction is key to this. I mean, the way he shot it, some of the very tight shots. Because again, I mentioned Ivy is blind, and so there are points at which, if we had the normal wide shot of her in the woods, for example, we would see. The, you know the creature around her but because she's blind he limits our viewpoint to just her face 
Yeah. You know, and that really makes a difference. Now, let me ask you about her blindness. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because she doesn't play a blind person like you normally. She's looking all over the place with her eyeballs. Now, I, and I'm assuming that was on purpose because otherwise I said, no, you're blind. You got to look straight forward. Right. But is this when she could like sense things? She could see, you know, mm, I'm sorry. Maybe. I forget his characters at Joaquin. Uh, Lucius, not Lucius. Joaquin. Lucius. Lucius's character. I could see her aura. She always like it was always interesting how up until he was almost dead, like not he was mostly dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, we need a miracle I'm not quite to dead. <laughs> that she Have couldn't fun see. Me the castle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> ceased to be another podcast. Sorry, but she didn't. You know, when she went in there, she didn't know he was in there until she tripped over him. Yeah, when, otherwise right. she always knew he was present. And I thought that was really good. But do you think that's why she would not play a blind person with that blank, straight-ahead stare? all the time or I don't think it was bad acting or direction. Oh, I, I think she had uh, my, my guess is she wasn't completely blind that she kind of lived in like shadow. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It wasn't like complete darkness, but that she could sense or see shadows around her or, you know, indistinctly um, like what was that? Hmm, The scripture verse, you know? Um, Yeah. In a mirror uh, dimly. Yeah. Hmm. And cause, and, um, gosh, kind of jump around a bit, but she would, like you mentioned, she could see his aura or light that surrounds him. And she kept saying you're a particular color, but would never tell him the color. And I want to come back to that. Don't let me yeah. forget to, 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 I won't. to come back <laughs> to color. That. Yeah. I, I just wanted to add as far as like the aesthetic and just some other kind of initial things here. So, um, for for uh, some of our listeners are familiar with the Pennsylvania area in general. Some may not be. So uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan was born in India, but he moved. I'm just double checking this. He, I guess his family moved to the U.S. when he was only like six weeks old. Right. And he grew up in um, in Penn Valley, which is a just like a northwestern suburb of Philadelphia. Um, it's about five minutes or about five, four or five miles away from where my, my wife's um uh, grand or where her grandmother lives, like where my, my father-in-law grew up. Um, so like I'm increasingly familiar with that area. I didn't grow up going to Philly much, but because of her side of the family, I've, I've been there a lot more the last 10 years or so. And so, um, we're in the, my, uh, we live and my, my family lives in the, um, Harrisburg area, which is like about two, two and a half ish, you know, uh, hours West of, of Philly, right. Sort of South central Pennsylvania and right between us and Philly is Amish country. Right. You know, so, so Lancaster, Pennsylvania, it's, it's right split in the difference there. And, you know, growing up anywhere in this area, you know, you, you do encounter the Amish and there's no way that that did not factor in somewhat. I would say to some of his notion here in some ways that this is more of an extreme version, but I think this idea of trying to seek this sense of, of innocence and the sense of peace and, you know, and we had that there was a shooting in a number of years back in an Amish school uh, yep, here in Pennsylvania, that. which made national news. Yeah. And there is something extra, just, just in a way, almost extra horrifying or just shocking and terrible about something like that. When you have, you know, this this attempt at some community, I think there's a general respect for for or at least intrigue in these communities that attempt to preserve, you know, some kind of of sheltering kind of uh, bubble almost. Uh, and uh, and that's something I think we can get into more as we go. But just even on the surface of it, this is neat because he has filmed a lot of his movies in that area, you know, Bucks County, Berks County, Montgomery, like just all around mm-hmm. Philly. Uh, this was filmed, I think just uh, near Chad's Ford, which yes. is about 
20 miles west of Philadelphia, same, same area. Yeah. So what I love, like watching this for me, you know, this is something that just gets me that if, if you're not from more or less this area it might not affect you as much, but, and my dad has always pointed this out too, with it is right from the get go. Like I know exactly what it smells like and what it feels like, like every one of those seasonal moments throughout this movie, you know, it starts off and kind of early October and I'm watching it in early October. And I'm like, that's what it looks like. You know? So there's, there's this, this, this sort of like environmental connection I have to it, you know, the whole way through. Cause it's yeah, like, I know have, that territory so well. That's have you seen fun the sun too. in a long time, Mike? <laughs> not, not for a few days around here. It was, it was pretty, pretty dreary. Yeah. That's the thing. I, that's the thing I noticed in the beginning is like, are they ever going to have, this is like yeah. somber town. And very much. Yeah. yeah it's worse it depends, the sun. There is no, depends on the week. Well, that's an interesting <laughs> aspect of it. This is it's fall or early spring or, you know, late fall or it's probably, well, given the harvest, like there was stuff they're picking. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. Well, probably around the time this is releasing, probably around the end of October, I'm going to guess. And it's always overcast. You've you've noticed it's always overcast. (laughs) Even when there doesn't seem like there's any clouds in the sky. Yeah. Yes. It's it's it's, it's dark and dim. Because you you get a lot of those mists and stuff in the valleys. Yeah. Yeah. And when she comes back at the end, there's snow on the ground. Right. Uh, when she's early... walking. So so that looks like, yep. you know, OK, we're getting in maybe December or January. Well, no. Well, you can get snow here. <laughs> well, yeah, right. but maybe. I mean, well, yeah. November. Yeah, and we're, we're just like where I'm at. I'm just north of Gettysburg also. So it, and it's you know, you see the, the, a lot of the photos you'll see of Gettysburg. It's very like you'll get those mists in those low lying areas and stuff. Yep. And it just it's a really haunting kind of appearance. So it really makes for some great film aesthetics, too. Right. And that's one of the reasons why we chose to talk about this around. Halloween, because it's got that spooky, mm-hmm. eerie feeling. <laughs> you know, the the twist in the movie, and we'll, just, we'll address it right here, is mm-hmm. that you have this group of people who met in a grief counseling center for survivors of victims of violent crime, right? Every, all yeah. of the elders lost someone to a violent, extremely violent crimes, like it's these horrific things. And this one guy, Edward Walker, who was an American history professor, was also the heir to a billionaire. And he, he came up with this idea to create this wildlife preserve, quote unquote, that would be big enough that you could have this entire village in the middle isolated from the world. And they would move there and agree to live as if it were the 19th century away from the world, which is filled with these evils. And this was their way, an attempt to get away from evil in the world. And it's kind of an interesting concept because can we run away from human nature? You know, you know, can we run away from sin and the brokenness that is in us? Uh, And and in fact, that's I think one of the messages of the movie is that we bring that stuff with us, even when we try to get away to these idyllic environment like we have here, Um, you know, whether it's with Noah, who sort of unthinkingly you know in a childlike manner which i'm not i'm not super comfortable with the stereotype of the developmentally disabled man who turns out to be dangerous and homicidal Uh, i i i I, I don't know i feel like i feel like that's a trope that does a disservice a lot of times to uh to the development disabled but um whether it's in him or in others they they bring that brokenness and sin with them so I i thought that was kind of um an interesting exploration of, of human nature. What do you guys think? Um, 
I, I think it's interesting that his name was Noah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in, in the original, God was kind of like, let me sh- let's wipe it out and, and everything will be better with Noah. But it wasn't. You right. know, and so now you have Noah who kind of brings back evil. And and I mean, you know, you we, we could understand the, the tired trope of what you just mentioned or, well, you know, was he risking going with we're going to have that there is like a brokenness. There is uh, something missing. You know, there, there, there we do have this concupiscence, whatever. I don't know if Shyamalan was going or Shyamalan. Right. I go. I always uh, call I it go ah, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> M. Night. I'll just call him M. Night. Yes. And um. Was he going for that, you know, it, it creeps back in kind of thing. And, and also it did fit with he just didn't understand. Right. You know, he, he didn't understand. All he knew is, is that Lucian now was taking away, you know, his friend. Um, but uh, yeah. And, and one of the things that uh, really was interesting for me is uh, with, with the reveal as it was coming up, the conversation they had um, with Hurt when he was talking about, I sent her, you know, he, he, he sent um, Ivy out. And, yes. and they're all like, why did you do this? Why? And their conversation suddenly was, I was totally in the, the, the modern, like what they were really talking about. Yes. Like you, I, I was totally, I mean, yeah. yeah, it was, it fit perfectly. I'm like there, when I didn't know, I obviously just thought they were talking about, you know, this is dangerous and what are you doing? And so on and so forth. Yeah. But, at when because I, I knew I'm like wow this just sounds like a bunch of people who are like hey I thought we all agreed on this and this isn't a good idea uh, what you did and and, and you're sending because of to everything the, that happened to the modern world and that yeah, could expose us this and, is going to expose yeah, us. yeah this pro- yep. and and I don't know if we're going to get into it but I think that's one of the reasons why he sent her she's blind she won't mm-hmm. know what she saw and in fact she doesn't bring back <laughs> any know? knowledge of that world yeah yeah because yeah because she she is she just she assumed she was meeting some you know regular guy uh she didn't know what that sound was you know of yep. a siren you know and yeah so she never got exposed to anything and it's interesting because um there's there's a there's a notion here that's and this is a connection i never made till just now i was just looking it up so i have the quote here but uh brendan gleason of course who i i, I love oh, like yeah. everything he's ever done he's he's in this and when they have that scene that you were just mentioning mike you know he's uh actually i, I think it's well, no, he is in that scene where he says about, you know, like he's, he's thinking about it and he just says, let her yeah. go, you know, and he says, uh, you know, if it ends, it ends. He's just he has this resignation. There's this acceptance. And he says, you know, suffering's a part of life. We know that now, you know, there's there is this in one sense, there's this growth, but not to the extent of we should give this up. But I think there's this idea of like we do have this do over, but we're not we are not blind anymore to this this thought that somehow it's all going to be perfect and he's he's lost a young son like there's been all these things um and what's neat is when he said that it reminded me uh, of his character in gangs of new york when he's talking to leonardo dicaprio and have the quote he says um talking about just the the rough nature of of this irish immigrant community and he says i've got 44 notches on my club it's to remind me what i owe god when i die and he's talking about what it was like in the old country. He says, my father was killed in battle, too, in Ireland, in the streets, fighting for those who would take as their privilege what could only be gotten held by the decimation of a race. That war is a thousand years old and more. We never expected it to follow us here. It didn't. It was waiting for us when we landed. Mm. And that idea of like, it's it's. It's you can't get away from it like right. you can't like you can't. So I, and I, I did, I think um, a couple years back, I did a little 
commentary from some of my own ministry stuff on this movie where I think the title was something like you can run, but you can't hide, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and I think that's a, a, a theme I, I keep recognizing in it is this recognition that with Noah, for example, too, it's not, you know, we would, of course, as Catholics recognize his culpability before God for something like that is going to be diminished, diminished, yeah, right? Almost, because almost not exactly. he doesn't yeah. really understand what he's doing, but it doesn't take away the 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 horror of the deed of course you know like it, it's it's all somehow affected by this this fallen nature um that you can't ultimately we don't have this it's a, it's a very anti-pelagian movie yes <laughs> you know? like yes. you can't like this movie proves pelagius wrong like you can't just pull yourself up from your own bootstraps and give it your best shot and just okay now we don't have sin anymore i wanted to mention about noah is again on a rewatch realizing Noah seems very creepy in the beginning. So like at the, when they're at that big dinner after the funeral yeah. for, for uh, Daniel, uh, Brendan Gleeson's character's son, um, yeah. they hear the noises in the forest of the creatures that they think. And Noah seems delighted at these things, at the yeah. sound that everyone else is creeped out by. And he gets this weird delight and you, it's creepy at first. Like, what is this? Why is this dude excited at something weird and creepy? Well, because as we found at the end, he knows the secret. He's yeah, figured it he out. It's a game. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he oh. then it reveals. Well, that's why he's doing that to the to the animals, because that's part of the game. You have to pretend to be the monster and so on and so forth, mm. which is ends up being what his ends up, you know, his death is because he continues to play the creature in in this weird way where he's angry at Ivy. You know, again, we'll come back to that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. He had this. uh um, really uh, overt sense of inappropriateness, you know, like mm. like when they were going back to Lucian when he ha after he handed the note, and he's like dancing behind, you know, um, yeah, and he's kind of like wagging his finger. Like, yeah. This isn't a happy, fun moment. Go, go right. sit down, you know. <laughs> so he he uh, he uh, he obviously didn't know how to act in social situations and was always kind of looking for the 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 fun and games in it all. Yes, and even to the fact that he would go into. Uh, the woods and bring back the bad color. Right, yeah. right. The bad color. That was an interesting aspect. So like, yeah, part of the legend that the elders had foisted upon everyone was uh, we can't have the color red anywhere. And, you know, Shyamalan in the, the, the director of photography, they really amped up red. And whenever red shows up in this movie, they've really busted out the uh, the, the color grading yeah. on that. Yeah, and it was a carryover from The Sixth Sense where Red was also a, a right. He does color. that in a couple movies where yeah. they like they really highlight it. Yeah, and then the good color is is yellow or a goldenrod. Right. Yeah, which protects mm -hmm. them, quote unquote. And then, ironically, his his main character and her sister have red hair. Right. right. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, this, Ivy goes into the woods with with the character with red hair goes into the domain yeah. of the monsters. You know, that's the scary yeah. thing, you know, and it's interesting because I wanted to come back to this. Um, Ivy keeps telling Lucius, I can see your your aura. I can see your color. I have, I see you have a color. Stop asking me. It's un, it's improper of you to ask. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't ask. I'm like, yeah, I sound so bad for Lucius at times. <laughs> and, uh, and I wonder like, I always kind of assumed his color was red. Like, I wonder. Figure yeah. it would be. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I, I love how, you know, and you have a, a couple of things, just casting things I want to mention before I forget the, uh, of course you have this, this, I think we already mentioned, there's always some kind of overlap, right? You know, you've got yep. 
Bruce Willis, you know, and some other, but you got Bruce Willis in Sixth Sense and, you know, then you have him in Unbreakable and then, you know, of course, Knights and all of his own movies at some point. But then, right. you know, having characters like Joaquin Phoenix and Signs and then he's also in The Village and you've got Bryce Dallas Howard in this and also in Lady in the Water. But um, I, Judy Greer, you know, uh, playing um, Kitty. Uh, not Ivy. Uh, yeah, Kitty. Kitty. Yeah. I One of my favorite scenes is early on with the whole thing of yes. like telling her dad you know like his reaction to it you know I, just like, i love that the young man is not aware of your intentions <laughs> and there's so many shots like you said dom that like the, the the style is so neat because i noticed this time a little bit more there's a lot of scenes where you're like a fly on the wall or like that whole scene with william hurt in the class like yeah he's his back's to the camera the whole time like he's mic'd up and everything obviously but it's like there's quite a few scenes where the person speaking is like speaking away from you or, or or you're in the middle of the crowd and it's just it's very neat kind of changing things around with that. But that scene with her outside, like you're kind of at the corner seeing this happen. Right. And then I just love like I would love to have seen that filmed originally when she goes in to profess her love to Lucius. And Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix does not say a word. I love the whole scene. I love the way they cut that. Her. Like he. Yeah. yeah. His character is a very <laughs> quiet, reticent person. He's he just right. He doesn't talk and he's very stoic. He doesn't express yep. his emotions. He's not, <laughs> you know, developmentally disabled like the Noah is. He's just a stoic, quiet person. And like mm-hmm. she comes in and it's like, I love love you lucius hunt and, blah, 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 blah. and then he just kind of she stops and it's like what do you think and then he just kind of stares at her blankly and then we smash cut to her crying in bed which my, is, uh, that was my so wife funny. sue is in the kitchen he goes what did he say and he goes nothing they just cut right to her crying and weeping in the other room uh, oh. and, and it was a theme throughout the movie this idea of you know there's something there's a reason the 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 men in the village don't wear their heart on their sleeve because they don't want people to see things. And then you get the whole time when um, uh, Sigourney Weaver is going through the line and she notices that he, he hurt is I'm, I'm calling him his, Edward is shaking Edward. people's yeah. hands, but he doesn't yeah. shake hers. That makes her special. Right. You know, mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. And she notices that. And that's something she got from. What Lucius said to um, Ivy. Right. Ivy says to Lucius that I know you like me because you don't talk to me or or touch, you know, hold my hand. Yeah, she or had a phrase to it. She had yeah. a phrase for it. I don't remember what it was, but and it was then, a good one. And then he repeated it to his mom. And, she yeah. like, and he says, <laughs> what are you talking about? Edward has a thing for you because he never <laughs> touches you. And yeah. and then she's like, no, no, no. Because Edward's married. Like, he's not a widower. His wife I is didn't there. realize that. I just thought yeah. that was kind of a close friend on the council. <laughs> it was like, no, no. There, was no, there wasn't a real indication for a while until towards the I'm like, oh, OK, wait, they're married. Well, and see, I think that's a good point, too, of like the whole sin thing, because like clearly right. here, like he's not murdering, but it's like. Here they are, this idyllic thing. He's the guy who set this whole thing up to protect his family. And here he is. And he's attracted to this, <laughs> this other woman. There you, you go. Know, and, and, and he and he doesn't. He's he doesn't not doing do anything. anything. Right. right. So, so the, the resistance has to be like, it, it can't just be a given. Like you have to fight. He fights it, you know, and that's that's a lesson there, too. Yeah. But it is interesting, like all the men sort of are very restrained in their mm-hmm. uh, in their emotions. Well, and this all they've. I noticed, especially this watching this time, how they all affect this archaic way of talking that's yeah. 
Yes. It's like it's like Renfair people. Like it's over the top. Yes. It is not a it's not yes. really how people would have talked. And it's just this over the top. This is how people of the era, thine folk, would have <laughs> talked. You know, throw your father up the stairs as hat. You know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> that's dumb. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's yeah. I've I've heard people criticize that that like, oh, the acting is so wooden. I'm like it, these are people from the nineteen seventies. You know, in eighties, who have made this huge effort to try to pretend they're from the eighteen sixties, seventies. Not it's like, yeah, I think that's on purpose. It doesn't sound natural. And like right. Mike was saying, when they when they're talking around the corner, they sound a little different when they're all together later. You know, and I, yeah, I've always thought that. I think that's I think that's on purpose. Yeah, they're not in the they're like, okay, we can stop talking like Amish people. Yes, right. right. They're like we we will I, we will regather in a fortnight. I'm like, look, <laughs> not, they're cosplaying, right? They're cosplaying uh, yeah. as yeah, 19th exactly. century folk. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're still not that great at it. <laughs> I found the quote from Ivy we were just talking about. It says oh, yeah. sometimes we don't do things we want to do yes. so that others won't know we want to do them. Right. That's how she put it. And he said the same thing to her mom, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> he's, not, he's not quite as uh, as as quick with uh, with words as Ivy. I love when he reads his note. You know, and he gets to the end. Oh, yes. I will go get medicines, and I will be left alone. The end. Yeah. <laughs> right. He writes out exactly what he wants to say because he doesn't have a way with words. The words are not right. his his strong suit. Actions suit him, not words. And in fact, yeah. we see that you know when he saves Ivy, quote unquote, saves Ivy from one of the monsters, which was a great again filmed fantastic. Um, I, I know we're kind of jumping around here, but what what the heck? We're, we're, <laughs> we we may as well keep going with it. Um, you know the the scene where the monsters are now in the village and everyone's going to hide in the storm cellars, and Ivy blind stands in the doorway with her hand out into the darkness, her darkness, and knowing that there are, the creatures are there. And we see one indistinctly and in, in kind of blurry in the background coming toward her. And she says, I know he will come for me. She has complete faith in Lucius. She like faith. Like I, I wouldn't have that faith in my wife. I'm sorry. It's just that's a flaw in me. I know I am not as good as Ivy. I, 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 you know, it's just, she had complete faith that he would save her. And he does. Yeah. It's not that your wife wouldn't, f- save you dom it's that would she be on time to save you i'm sure she'd want to save me but she might be hung up doing other things before she could get here and it's very much a faith in god kind of act it's like i put my trust in god he will be here i will be okay and of course she also is like i'd rather die if he doesn't make it like right i i this either either this is what i dream for is which in which is what she also said when he was hurt, like, if he dies, I might as well die, too. Right. Uh, but this is if he doesn't show up, then I wanted to kill me. And the funny thing is, when you look back on it, is the guy in the costume was like, come on, girl, like, get inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just I'm just here to paint red paint on the doors and scare you. I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> what are you standing there for? What do I do now? Gonna, it makes you wonder. Yeah. He's like, whoops, I missed. You know, like, what's he going to do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I fell down. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, at one point, um, Lucius is. You, Mr. Nicholson, that's the Brendan Gleeson character. His son Daniel has yeah. died. And he was friends with Lucius, and Lucius is taking care of him in his grief, which is, you know, again, shows the character of Lucius, who is a good person. Lucius means light, you know, he is light right. in this village, and, and in a way, a light to Ivy in her blindness. And, uh, but he's helping him. And Nicholson says to, uh, to him at one point, 
you may run from sorrow as we have, but it will find you. And it's such a profound point, which is as much as they've tried to get away from a world where sorrow was perhaps the defining characteristic of their experience following, you know, the grief of whatever violence came into their lives, they tried to run from it. And it just sorrow is, is part of the human experience and you can't run from it. Yeah. <clears throat> when I know Peter Kraft, uh, I've always really, Respected a tremendous amount up your way, Dom, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess we have Boston College, but he uh, he's got some and, you know, he's he's really just just weaving Lewis and Tolkien and, you know, Kierkegaard and Augustine and all these these you know people together. But but I've always been really struck by the way that he explores in a lot of his writings and, and, and talks that the important realization that Jesus doesn't take away suffering like there's there's all these systems that claim to have a way around it or a way to avoid it or a way to, you know, deny that it is real and, and all that, but, but that Jesus doesn't do any of that. He changes the meaning of it, <laughs> you know, that, he, that right. he fundamentally, it doesn't take your pain away so much, doesn't take away the loss, but, but objectively changes its meaning. Uh, and that, that faith that it takes to, accept that and, and, and sort of uh, em embrace that, take that leap in the dark, you know, and I had never thought of Lucius as light for some reason the the name yeah. connection, you know, is, is brilliant, I think, you know, so that's, that's a big theme in this too, I think, you know, is there suffering, like he says, you know, uh, uh, Edward keeps saying it a couple times, you know, we are grateful for the time we have been given. Well, you know, who's giving them the time? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, you know, I don't think they really overtly mention God, there's no church that you see per se. Is That's there? That's a good point. I wanted to bring that I up. I was too, wondering about that because that was to me one of the first clues that something was off about this village. Because yeah. a 19th century village would have a church, a, a village of a this size. And, yeah, yeah. Be, and there is no sign of faith of of organized religion. Yeah. Faith. There's talk of at moments thoughts and prayers, which is another very mm -hmm. modern sort of phrase, right? Thoughts right. and prayers and. And there's no church, there's no preacher. And that's a very wow. interesting absence from this, which, you know, at one point you might say, well, that's just because it's a it's a movie made in the 21st century. Right. That's what they That's just Hollywood. But I think it's actually perhaps intentional because these people have got away from the world and are trying to recreate a world in which this sort of thing wasn't there but they're yeah. kind of missing the essential element that made this idyllic past they're reaching for what it was, which was faith yeah. of, of faith in Jesus Christ in the, in the, in the case of the kind of culture they've created, uh, which I think is interesting. You yeah. think it's purposeful by, by M night to do that. He just came off a movie where the main character was a preacher who regained mm -hmm. his faith uh, and Mel Gibson playing that. And then yeah. and now he comes in and he's got an absent except for, uh, even even to the point where like, you know, the, the doctor is like, well, all we can do now is pray. And he's like, well, what could we do else? You know, what right. more could be done? Suppose if we yeah. were just to take, put all our cards on the table. And, and that's when he's like, you know, could medicines help him? So uh, I wonder if it was, uh, I don't know if you guys heard anything, but was, was that a purposeful thing that he did? Uh, that's what I'm, I'm getting at. I feel like that was a yeah. purposeful omission, uh, making a point about, the play acting that the recreation they've made is incomplete, you know, that they've made this, yeah. this world that seems idyllic, but it's, it's a, it's a sort of facade of a, of a, of a world that has passed. 
and they're missing. Yeah, like it's never it's never going to be real, you know. Yeah. No matter what they do, no matter how much they they act it out, you know, and and I wonder too, like how much of it is because I I was a little I, I, maybe I'm overthinking it, but when you're hearing the audio sort of uh, in the background when they're opening the box up and you're hearing the testimonials that are basically audio flashbacks, right. To the mm-hmm. counseling center, you'd think. And Sigourney Weaver specifically says that her husband was found uh, naked and robbed in the East river. Right. Which is New York, right. Not yes. Philadelphia. Right. And, um, but then William Hurt saying he's a, he's, they specifically mention because M Knight has to do it. You know, he says, I'm a you know, professor of history at the university of Pennsylvania. You know, that's in Philly. And I'm just thinking like, Where's this counseling center that these people from Philly and New York? I don't know. Well, I mean, like maybe maybe she might have moved. Back. Yeah, yeah she right. She's back. moved. Yeah. yeah, not that far. Yeah. Philadelphia's not that far from New York. No, no, it's she not. She would move yeah. there to get away from the pain. You actually, I want to bring up something that Sigourney Weaver's, you know, Alice says at that point too, which yeah. is early on she tells Lucius what happened to his father, but she tells him right. in the. In the way that would be for the village, right? And he but left for the marketplace and at yeah, or a something. quarter past nine, which is a yeah. very specific time. Very specific. And not the sort of time frame I imagine that people in the late 19th century, because they didn't have digital watches. They had, you right. know, he left, he left after, you know, around nine in the morning. He left after his yeah. breakfast in the morning, you know. Or half past or that sort of thing. Yeah. But a quarter after nine is a very specific time period. And so it was almost a clue to me. I think, too, just just the whole way through it, when you hear like when Cherry Jones also, who is the sheriff and signs. Yep. So she's That's she's right. in a lot of these things. But when um when she mentions to Ivy on the day of Kitty's wedding about her sister, you know, yeah, and like like the. I mean, and look, you know, people people have had horrible, violent, terrible things happen to them all through history. You know, of course, yes. I mean, just read the Old Testament, right. you know, but um, but there's just something about like like the the high percentage of particularly violent crimes and like, you know, killed in an alley by a gang of men and all this. There there are those things throughout it where you're kind of like. Huh. Or because she and she says too, he was found naked and robbed in the filthy river, she says. Yeah. And I'm also thinking how filthy was the East River in 1976 compared to 1876, you know, probably more filthy. Well, it probably was pretty bad in the late 19th century. Actually, I'm sure it was not that great either. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But it just makes you wonder, like, like you said, like those little clues were like the markers, like what? what's going on here you know and a high concentration of bad things have really really bad things have happened to family members of the yeah it was i think he's laying out clues which is the same thing he did in sixth sense and signs laying out clues for us uh, so that when we get to the end we go back and go oh that was uh, i mean that's i have to i have to (laughs) i have to throw this in i just mike i'm not in any way any way shape or form questioning your your um your daughter's uh, tr- truth uh, telling here regarding her calling the ending. But I do have to just laugh a little with six cents because, you know, there's there's the joke about, you know, like when that that came out, you know, and uh, I had a couple, one friend in particular, I won't mention his name. I'll save him. But but who still insists to this day that like he had it figured out about about uh, Bruce Willis. <laughs> and we're like, dude, no, no, you did. Like we were no in the one theater knew. with you. you didn't. He's like, well, I, I know. I was like, you didn't say anything, you know? And so we're, <laughs> and I laughed so hard when I think it was oceans 12 came out the sequel to oceans 11, you know, which was, I think 2007 or eight, somewhere in there. So it was, it was 
almost 10 years, you know, after Sixth Sense. And I, I just remembered, you remember like Matt Damon at one point is talking to Bruce Willis, who has a brief cameo in that. And you overhear him saying, he's like, you can kind of tell the scene where you're at the restaurant with her. Like they play off that in Ocean's 12. Yeah. About like Bruce Willis getting people coming up to him all the time, claiming that they <laughs> had figured out the six. And he's just standing there nodding like, oh, yeah, yeah. You kind of guessed that. Like, so <laughs> that was good. just a, something I remembered. So. <laughs> my, my, my daughter's uh, she she is uh, texted me uh, to mention about the, this is what she said. Within the first 20 minutes or so, I thought maybe they were hiding from the modern world, but decided uh, that probably wasn't the case because I figured the twist would be darker and more clever than anything I could think of. So no, she, she got shied it. away from it. Now, I want to trust you, herself. I, I, yeah, she, tr- <laughs> she should have trusted herself. And, and she's um, uh, honest to a fault. So there's, I totally believe her. But I got to tell you a quick story about yeah. my mom. My mom uh, loved her stories, loved her movies. She would she would watch like three soap operas at once. And I remember being like homesick and like, well, I guess I'm watching these. And then and being so confused, I didn't know she flipped the channel and be like, wait a minute. Who are these people? I don't you know, I can't Mm -hmm. follow all this. And she loved watching movies. She loved all the old stuff. She she was one of those people. He'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember when he was younger or that person's dead now. I mean, she knew all this. stuff, Right, right. So I got the sixth sense out, you know, I, I brought it home. I'm like, I got to watch this with my mom. I kid you <laughs> not. 15 minutes into the film. She's dead. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? She's like, I'm, how do you No, She, I just totally ruined it. She, just, she was awesome. that good. She's like, oh my he's, gosh. He's dead. And, and I mean, oh. because, because she saw him die and she, you know, she just wasn't mm. fooled. So That's there are so some good. people and, and Oh no, and absolutely. I'd, my yeah, mom and apparently her granddaughter, um, have, uh, a sixth sense about these movies. That's right. <laughs> sense. I have to admit, whenever I'm watching a police procedural, like any show that has a crime that's being solved, as soon as the, the person who did it appears on screen, I always can say, I, I say my wife, Melanie, he, he's the, he did it. How do you know this? He's, he hasn't said a word. He's in the background. It's it's in the structure. It's, it's sort a of, formula. It's a formula. It's just how yeah. they do yeah, it. The, the, the first or second witness they talk to or, you know, the first right. or second yeah. person that kind of shows right. up. And especially if you know who they are. Right. I mean, yes. You're not going to put, you know, Paul Rudd in this uh, law and order unless he's the killer. So he's I the guess best, he's yeah. the killer. You know? Right. Right. So in any case, back to uh, uh, the village. Um, <laughs> I enough with our, our abilities to predict. I know. We're, I'm sure all the listeners are very impressed. So uh, <laughs> Lucius is very perceptive. Is uh, as, hmm. as quiet as he is. He knows everyone's got a secret. All the elders have these secrets. He knows he's seen the black boxes and he, and he knows that Edward, Edward Walker has feelings for his mother. He knows somehow that the monsters won't hurt him. Now, he thinks mm-hmm. it's because he has purity in his heart, but I think he senses that there's nothing scary, truly scary about them. There's nothing. There's something about them that they're not real or, or at least really yeah. uh, dangerous. Uh, he holds the record for standing with his back to the forest. Uh, yeah, right. Right. Of them. By the way, did you notice who was the uh, the young man who we saw doing that? Was Jesse Eisenberg? Was it just yeah? Yeah, I forgot like, that he's yeah. in this. The All I could think young. of is, is Facebook, the, <laughs> yeah, social network, yeah. right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think look think of him. As <laughs> but, but one of the things that get, that kind of gets me about the scenario is that in order that these elders, these folks who have you know re- you know receded from the world, in order to save themselves and their children from evil. 
they've instilled fear in them. They live in terror of the unknown around them. And I want and it's an interesting sort of, again, anti, not anti-Christian as this was, as opposed, and I, I don't mean opposed to Christianity, but sort of the opposite of a Christian attitude toward such things is this idea that we, we live in fear of the world around us. We need to recede from it. When, and frankly, I see a lot of, a lot of Catholics in certain areas <laughs> doing this sort of thing where we're yeah. afraid of the world and we have to instill that fear in our children. And uh, I mean, it's sort of the opposite of what we're doing at StarQuest. We engage with the world. We're about engaging with movies and TV shows and pop culture to find the good yeah. and the true, the beautiful and to, and to connect with it and to reject what's bad. But they're all about fear. And I thought that was a very interesting right. aspect. And it had to be something that developed as they went along, because we assume that these people came out basically with either really young children. I mean, everybody that knew what the real world was about was now an adult and part of this council. Right. So then they started saying, "Okay, now we're having children. We've been here a while. Lucius was a baby in arms at the time. Yeah. The picture. So how do so how do we keep them out? And 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 how that developed is an interesting backstory. We don't know. Because I think in the picture, uh, I don't know if they, I forget if they mentioned her name or not, but um, Kitty and Ivy's mom, like you see, you know, her Tabitha. and William Hurt in the middle. Tabitha, she, 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 she looks like she might be expecting. Yeah. So because because Kitty would be a little bit younger than than Lucius, you know, so. Yeah. So, I, you know, and it's it's interesting because, um, yeah, I think you're right. I, you know, I know um, the uh, something I know a bunch of people have been on lately you know and i've, I've seen this uh jordan peterson has some stuff about this now too lately about the importance of not just um protecting your children but but conscious consciously working to make them courageous right you know, or to build to build this this virtue of, of fortitude and courage and and i've thought about that a lot you know as a you know dad of young daughters more and more and then also just in my own life too of of you know the this like, what is courage? You know, and I think there's a, a real lack uh, in a lot of ways of like in our society of a real anything to really instill that, you know, like we don't have um, really significant rites of passage, I think, in some ways, like many cultures in history have, uh, you know, we have graduation. But you know, <laughs> what is what what does that it's not really mean? Handing him a knife and go send him into the woods for a week. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and I'm not necessarily advocating any. I'm just just saying yeah. like it's it's I look at my own life where there I mean, the closest analog for me was probably going to college and having to make some decisions on my own. But that also came with uh, army time as well for yeah. me, which which had a whole different level of, of, of things that, that it taught me that nothing else did. But yeah, anyway, I just think that they're here. They are in this village where what is the rite of passage there? You know, it's just the, the, the boys seem to rotate through guard duty. Yeah. Um, which is scary to them, but like they don't ever go past that, that edge. And I think it's, it's a neat thought for just, just reflection and for meditation and for, you know, like, where's the line between, you know, you have to have you can't not protect your kids. Right. You know, if, if you have a playground on a cliff, you better have a fence around it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but like, good luck. But by the, <laughs> yeah. But by the same token, like if you never, you know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the village doesn't have this take your kid by the hand and go with them into danger. Right. Once in a while. It's just don't go out there. Yeah, they you know, never take the training like, wheels oh, off. Yeah. Hey, let's make monsters to scare them so they don't. It's like, uh, right. you know, <laughs> there is that balance that parents have to strike between protection 
and empowerment, you know, making them a bit, you know, at some point they are going to be responsible for their own lives. And that's the true of the village as well, because at some point, in fact, I think uh, Edward says this at one point, at some point we're going to be gone. (laughs) Who's going to be putting on these costumes and scaring the heck out of them to keep them in the village then? They they need to look forward. Well, and and Renata, our two-year-old, is by far the more um she she would be the one that would have you know the tendency to run into Covington Woods yeah like Noel's like why I'm gonna stay back here what's wrong with you but uh, her <laughs> older sister but Renata like you know just just a few months ago she kept like putting this paper bag like a store bag on her head and like running around the living room and I kept taking it off like honey stop it you're gonna get hurt and finally like I just I let her run into the wall like it, I knew it wouldn't hurt her but she just boom yeah. and fell on her on her diaper and she cried and I was like well you know I don't know. I don't know if that was the right thing. To, it was like at some point yeah. you got to know <laughs> that it's going <laughs> to this. This is a this is a not super dangerous lesson that hopefully will teach you deeper lessons. Small <laughs> so, hurts okay. prevent bigger hurts. That's for sure. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And and another thing, too, I, I think it's Tim Gray who I heard give a talk and he's saying because of our kind of our post Christian or our post. Uh, yeah, our, 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 our post Christian culture where we're more in, uh, you know, the apostolic age again, where we're evangelizing to a society that's not is that's hostile to us. That you can't just teach your kids the catechism and scripture and, and give them the truth. You also have to teach them what they're going to encounter when they go out. Yes. Um. And and, and instead, we have the village. That's which is you know really speaks why they called it the village. Which is just where we say, um, we're not going to teach you about that. We're just going to completely hide it from you and scare you from even encountering it at all. You know, was this after Hillary Clinton's famous "It takes a village" uh, statement? It takes a I village to raise so. a child. Was she? I was, think so. was, was Bill president at the time she said it? I think that was. Yeah, it I think was, that was in the nineties. I, I don't yeah. know. It was. I think it's an African uh, proverb or something. She. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I mean, I don't want to get political, but I just I feel like that maybe this this might be a kind of a reference to that a little bit too. You know, I want to go back to something we said earlier about. Uh, them making up the story about the monsters. Walker does say at one point that there was a legend of in of the Covington Woods and the monsters, which was a which was a misdirect for the audience. So that when it came time yeah. for uh Ivy to be stalked in the woods by the monster, which turns out to be Noah, we still are thinking, maybe this is a real Could one. It be. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, I had to explain that to Maria because she actually didn't it didn't take with her. I didn't take the, with me the, the first time I saw it either. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. I remember thinking like, I don't know. I mean, are they real or are they not? I mean, why are they after her? If, you know, if they're just yeah. there to scare you, then why is somebody after her? Because they didn't show Noah into the floorboards, which I thought was kind of a weak thing. Like, why is he going in the floorboards? I don't know. Right. Um, but him discovering the suit was much later than a lot of the a lot of the her experience with what was going on out there. We didn't find out right. it was Noah until really until I think she trapped him. Yeah. And I, I think when when I when I saw it, I wasn't so sure at first, you know, like it had me because it's not a long scene, you know, when, when it's after her. But, um, you know, looking back on it, seeing it a bunch of times, I think that's probably one of the more weak points for me, because it's like just from a practical standpoint of what are the odds that, that you would make this up based on a legend? of creatures but like have them look 
exactly the you know it's like exactly the same cloak exactly the the look is identical unless it were something that were depicted and the only time you see a depiction of them where they're trying to make it look like it's so it almost it almost looked like like supposedly some sort of like native american carving or something right, right. like on the rock it's this very nondescript vague kind of shape and it's yellow you know so i thought well they can't paint it red that's forbidden right yeah that's <laughs> true but but i was just wondering like you know if you know if you wanted to try to go for it I guess, you know, you obviously have to have it be looking just like the ones that you've seen already to make that connection and to have it be Noah eventually. But right. I don't know. I don't know if that's. But and of course, Ivy's that blind. Works quite. And, I don't know. So she, and she doesn't. Yeah, she, she doesn't right. know what it looks like. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he didn't and really she have to hear him for her. Yeah. <laughs> or she right. she can't out. hear him because when he falls, he he injures himself in such a way. I thought that was well done that he yeah. can't. He's trying to call out, but he can't. So she right. just hears these pitiful sounds. And she's like, yeah, the growling and the grunting. Yeah. And the, yeah. You know, um, there's a. It was interesting during the wedding when there's that livestock slaughter when all these animals are are dead, and the elders are perplexed. And again, on first watch, it was like, "What is doing this to us?" And on second watch, it's, "Who did this?" Because we're not doing right. it. <laughs> you know, right. and that and they're kind of starting to get a little worried. Like, uh, what's going on here? And so it's it's very yeah. interesting how that same those same scenes can be played with two different perspectives. And that's one of Shimlon's, you know, uh, uh, his gifts is to have these scenes yeah. where you can they look it's the same scene and they look completely different with new knowledge. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that livestock was, but I'm like, who killed the Chihuahua? I, I it was weird. <laughs> right. There was a Looking dog. Well, and, there was rabbits. And, oh, yeah. there was. OK, there was a dog. All right. I think yeah. Because you have it because you I think it's well done in that you have it in the context of the wedding and all these people like it just it floods your senses with all this, yeah. these people. You don't notice that you don't see Noah. Right. At all. The right. whole time. He's not. And then if you go back, you don't see him. But you're not thinking while you're looking at hundreds of people like, hey, where's Noah? And you, you would also, think, just, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, you would think that's the sort of thing where Noah would be having fun and playing it <laughs> right. up and, you know, the, the manic fun thing. So go ahead, Mike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he does. He only does inappropriate stuff. So there, if he was being fun, that would be inappropriate. Right. Yeah. right. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but, but you also notice that that August is is missing through that stretch of the movie where he's obviously playing the monsters that are coming oh, into the yeah. village and stuff. Yeah. And, and then he then he conveniently shows up, and I don't even know where what his explanation was of where he was, but. You know, now he's back and you hadn't seen him from uh, and since the early part yeah. of the movie. Right, right. Uh, so after, what was it? Before, after, I think before the monster attack, when Ivy and like, so Lucius is sitting on her porch, what keeping watch over her at night. And she comes down to see him and she's talking to him. And I love this. This is another one of my laugh out loud moments, uh, like the early one with with her sister. But she says to Lu Lucius, why can't you say what's in your head? And he says to her, why could you not stop saying what's in yours? <laughs> I'm like, this is my life. <laughs> I love the look because that that's another one of those scenes where it's filmed from behind them. Like you're sitting yeah. kind of and I love like how well because the thing I, I think is maybe a subtle thing that maybe people not everybody would catch if if, uh, if you're not kind of looking for it is that's it's going to be so difficult to communicate the emotion and all of that as well as they do when you're acting to a camera that's behind you right <laughs> Cause, right because that that whole scene like when she, like he's looking away and she says like 
will we dance when we're married? And he does this like this this awkward <laughs> lean for like this shocked lean forward. Yeah. Like in this this breath. Like gut punch. <laughs> like you, yeah, you can feel like the how could you what is with you? But like he does all that with the camera behind him. And but you can feel it. And it's just he's such a tremendous. The, the, I don't actor. know what the, what it's yeah. called. I'm sure there's like, you know, because. They're not doing the, okay, you, you react for me and they'll do my shots and then I'll react for you and you right, do your yeah. shots. It's just, we're going to play off each other and do this scene uncut. And, yes. and it's, and it's, she, right after she says, will you dance with me when we're married? She says, why can't you say what is in your head? And he gives the line that Dom just said about why can't you stop saying what's in yours? And then what's really great is this, um, a, a rather masculine thing. He's like, why must you lead when I want to lead? Like, why do you have to act like the man? Right. You know? If I want to dance, I will ask you to dance. <laughs> if I want to speak, I will open my mouth and speak. <laughs> Everyone is forever playing me, uh, plaguing me to speak further. Why? What good is it to you to tell you you are in every thought from the time I wake? What good can come from me saying that I sometimes cannot think clearly or do my work properly? What gain can rise of my telling you the only time I feel fear as others do is when I think of you in harm. Mm. This is why I am on this porch. Ivy Walker. Oh, I, I fear it. for your safety before all others. And yes, I will dance with you on our wedding night. So she gets everything she wanted, right? There. This, oh, is, man. this is the dude rom-com, by the way, this is what, this is what oh, we gosh. look at as romance. I, yeah. the only time I feel fear is when you are in danger. Oh, and <laughs> she, like, yes. she, I, I noticed it, her head is just canted slightly away. Because like, again, like we're behind them, and you—if you look carefully, like yes. there's a pretty substantial tear that drops yeah. off the cheek that's away yeah. from the camera, right? Mm-hmm. Which is subtle, and it's just—and and we didn't even talk about the music yet, but uh, oh. we're in depth. But yeah. no, it's—it's, it's, uh, you know, I don't—I don't know if James Newton Howard, you know, when he was Elton John's keyboard player, I don't know, <laughs> which, well, which is oh, no small oh. gig. Um, uh, the greatest gift I think it's called about the little yeah. brother uh, James Newton how wrote that oh my gosh that's mm. such a good song and you yeah. can't even you gotta like with most of uh, Elton John's songs you gotta have the lyrics in front of you because you don't know what he's saying or singing <laughs> but James Newton Howard's piano uh, what he wrote was amazing but yeah. if I could just say I, I you know when I was growing up and I was really into John Williams um, mm. There was like James Horner and Newton Howard yep. and Zimmer were some of my other real favorites. They were like the distant seconds yeah. to him. And, and if I knew that they did the music, I wanted it. And two of the things that Newton Howard did besides uh, the village, which I just love the music uh, was um, two. Um, oh, who was in pretty woman? Oh, I'm failing me. I know Richard Gere and. Um, oh, you made me forget. Um, yeah. <laughs> Richard Gere. Everyone in the Julia Roberts. Is it. Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Okay. So making Her my and, I'm over there. <laughs> yeah, Julia Roberts, and she also did. Um, he did another uh, movie, uh, Dying Young. Uh, it's a little known Julia Roberts movie where uh, uh, Campbell, uh, I forget his full full name, is dying of cancer, and she's his love interest that you know is is in it. And Newton Howard wrote just amazing love, you know. Uh, <clears throat> No, the what instrumental love songs for both of them that are just yeah yeah amazing. You, it's really hard to even get the Pretty Woman one on 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 tape. It's it's very difficult. Well, and you, my 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 three favorite soundtrack because he did, I think most of wow. these uh, M Night Shyamalan movies. Oh yeah, he's M Night Shyamalan's go to. Yeah, I I go back to um, Sixth Sense 
signs and in this this um, album pretty frequently. And it's neat because I, I think the collaboration with them has always been really interesting. Uh, I heard somewhere that. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall for these conversations, too. But M. Night Shyamalan is, is apparently very gifted at being able to convey to James Newton Howard exactly what he's trying to get emotionally and sort of out of the experience of the audience. And uh, I, apparently when he was describing initially what he, he wanted some of the soundtrack for The Sixth Sense to sound like, he said he wanted it to sound like you're sitting in a room by yourself and an invisible tiger is slowly moving closer and closer to you and circling around your chair. And just before it strikes, it disappears. <laughs> and I'm like, who thinks of something like that? And then not just that, who, th- who hears that and goes, got it. I, <laughs> right. But when you listen to it, yeah. Few. So, so that, you know, the sixth sense is, is I think probably the spookiest of those three. And just cause of the content, but like, this is so charged and, and Hillary Hahn's violin work. Like I'm subscribed to her on Spotify because she's just got a tremendous career of, of just beautiful violin work. And so, you know, that is of course a, a very, you know, uh, heavily featured sort of, you know, aspect of the, uh, the score for this film too, is that, that very somber kind of violin music with it. Yeah. He's not a flashy you know, composer, soundtrack composer. He's not like Giacchino or Spielberg or, you know, any of these guys out there. Uh, But I'm looking at his, his filmography and it's like a a lot of movies and a lot of different kinds of movies. (laughs) It's just wild. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, we did that. Oh, he did that. Oh, that's amazing. He did that one too. Those are very different movies. Batman begins, you know, like you mentioned. Yeah. The Batman uh, movies. He collaborates yeah. with Zimmer and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know what else to before I forget? I, that's something we forgot to mention. I, I know not everybody likes it. I kind of like the opening titles in a lot of these, these early Shyamalan movies where, you know, it's like it, it's it's building up their, their you know, titles and everything. They don't launch you right into the movie. They actually have like a you know, two, three, four minute like opening credit thing. Yeah. You know, and it really showcases. Right. It showcases the music. It's like there's like a Hitchcock aspect to it. The beginning of Signs is like that, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really gives you like it's it's like gives you a a foretaste. I think it's what's it called? The light motif, I think, is the fancy word for those. He he just didn't want to get fined like Lucas. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So. I want to get back to the these the, the that last act basically of the of the mm-hmm. film. So um, Noah stabs Lucius out of jealousy when he finds out that Ivy and Lucius are going to get married. This clearly, and we have this scene where Lucius, I mean, I, um, Noah comes into the uh, uh, Lucius's workshop and he's talking to him, and you, we're looking at Lucius's face, and he suddenly gets this strange expression, and then we look down and we see the knife in him. You know, and it's just this bizarre, like surreal mm. moment. Um, mm. And uh, no one, you know, Noah goes back to his house and he's covered in the bad color, red blood. And no one knows why he's covered in blood. Whose blood is it? And so they're everyone's running around. Is everyone in this house? OK, is everyone OK? Is anyone hurt? As soon as Ivy hears, she knows immediately and like you mentioned, she goes into the workshop and can't see Lucius, even though she used to always be able to see him. So she's afraid that he's dead, like that the light has gone out, basically. Um, so we have that. And then we have Lucius. I'm sorry. Noah is in prison. They have a room, the quiet room. It's basically the punishment room. And it's like a chair in a bare room. 
where they stupidly hid one of the costumes. <laughs> Duh. No, nobody's going to find that into there. Uh, and they debate what to do about him because, you know, they have this village. They've apparently had no need for police. That's another thing that isn't there. Police or jail or that sort of thing. What do you do with someone who's attempted murder in this idyllic village? You know, what could they possibly? And it's, it, it's kind of interesting to think about what, if he hadn't died, what would they have done with him? It's an interesting question. The quiet room, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's uh and one of the, I don't know, you know, you can't trust every little thing that you get on the internet, but they, one of the things I heard that this movie was, was rated, what was it rated? Was it R or was it PG-13? It was 13, I think. It was 13. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I, I heard that it would have been, uh, that originally was R because of the sound of the knife going into um, Lucian, Lucius, and um, hmm. and they took it out to lower the rating, and it worked better. And I don't know if that's true, but it did really work. Yeah, yeah and, and for me, uh, Joaquin Phoenix making a funny face is not an indication of anything. <laughs> because right. he's, he's kind of a, you know... He's always got a funny face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's always got at least you're like, what did that scar come from? You know? Um, well, and it's, and, it, and it's funny, by the way, that, you know, there's two movies now where in one case, I, I feel really, really bad about Joaquin Phoenix getting stabbed. And in Gladiator, I don't. And you see it coming out and, and, uh, you know, you see, it's already in there. It's almost like you don't see it right away. And they're like, oh, wait, what is that? And then he pulls it out and you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's the whole, like, I mean, um, the performance and I didn't even realize it was him cause he was performing so well of, uh, Adrian Brody, uh, as Noah was so good. And he's kind of like, okay, what do I do now? I, I stabbed him. That probably wasn't a good, I, I, I wanted to, and he's kind of moving back and forth yeah. and he's like, and then he goes, I should probably take the knife, I guess. And then he, you know, he's going back into his awkward. I'm not really sure, you know, uh, what what I'm going to do or why I just I, I maybe I shouldn't have done that that doesn't seem like it was good and then he goes back and just starts stabbing him more which was right. like horrifying stop like, oh my god yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. yell at the screen stop <laughs> you're right yeah and my daughter goes the only thing I was invested in was their relationship like, <laughs> she's always really invested in the yep. uh the relationship the shipping yeah yep so uh, also then you know Noah's in the quiet room and Ivy kind of comes calmly to the quiet room and you think she's going to talk to Noah Noah that was bad to do and she kind of <laughs> comes in and then she starts slapping him silly like just like smashing him and it's like oh my gosh like it was it was shocking to to see yeah. um and this is what turns him against her right you know she's dragged out the doors closed and he wails in pain the rejection because he's innocent an innocent he doesn't understand why she would do this to him. And so it, it crushes his spirit in that sense and turns him against her, turns him into this monster that he's going to become. You know, he puts on this cloak to become a monster in, in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was reach. I, he might like happy to see her when she first showed up, like, okay, now everything's okay. I got rid of, you know, Lucian and, and, right. and he, and he does that. So yeah, I, I was sitting there thinking, would just be happy she didn't bring her cane in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Whacking him um, with it. But yeah, I was, I was expecting it. I mean, but maybe it's because I remember it. I, I, I didn't remember a lot of the fine details. When she was coming in, I'm like, oh, she's going to hit him. Right. And, and, you know, and she did, obviously. 
And then the scene where she goes to her father to ask him to let her go to the town. It's like now she's doing what Lucius did, but now mm. it's his daughter and the man she loves. And he needs this medicine to survive. And in this scene, we, the camera focuses again, only on her face. We don't see yeah. Edward in this scene at all. We just see her face very close up. I thought it was an interesting choice. Um, and then I wonder, does Edward let her go because she loves Lucius or because he loves Alice, his mother? Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's not the only thing that's going. Now it's now it's um, the, the son of the one I love uh, is 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 in danger. And he goes to her yeah. and says, I've, I'm sending her out to get medicine. And that's all I can give you. Right. All, and he says it several times. It's yeah. all I can give you. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I can't. I yeah. have a wife. I can't give you anymore. But I'm giving you. I'm. I'm sending my daughter out to save your son. Right. Yeah. I think it's got a couple layers <laughs> for yeah. sure. Well, yeah. another. And, and then the next scene, we have a couple more layers because now we have Tabitha Walker with Edward Walker. You know, uh, Tabitha is Ivy's mom, and she says to him, "You've taken the oath to never go back." Like this. There's this oath or pact that we're we're being told about here, like that they all took the elders uh, in order to avoid the evils that they left behind. You took an oath. And she's, then she starts emphasizing you took an oath. You're the one who took the oath. Like Ivy didn't take the oath. And that's <laughs> yeah. the, you know, that there's that implication there that Ivy, we should send Ivy. And I was, I was thinking at this point, cause I didn't remember it. They're going to send a blind girl alone into the forest. But of course they don't. They send her with the two, the two of the boys, the two of the young men. Rosenkrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, they're dead. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny. I never, I don't think I ever realized uh, until this viewing that one of them, the first one who, who ditches her is her brother-in-law. Yes. Yes. The <laughs> one concerned about the Christmas of his shirt. Is she going to yeah. squeeze me like that? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why I didn't make that connection before, but yeah. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Like before that, because we got to get interleaved with Edward revealing the, the 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 farce to her, and then seeing her go, and he's like takes her to this shed where no one is supposed to go, and he says, "Do your very best not to scream." What? <laughs> and she goes, "What? <laughs> Why not just tell her before? Look, okay, I'm gonna go in there, and there's a costume hanging there, and it's one of the scary monsters, so I'm gonna have you touch it. So you know, like no, but of course for the movie we have to have." Do your very best not to scream. Okay, Dad. <laughs> and didn't the shed have a name just like the the ones we don't talk about? It's like, like the, uh, we're at the shed with which we don't the go into. must or, not be used. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like these Indian names. Like this is yeah. these Harry Potter <laughs> names. Like yeah. the ones we must yeah. not speak the of. So we will shack. we will use a euphemism to call to give them a name, which is the ones we must not speak of. <laughs> You're speaking of them. <laughs> I must I must laugh by the way because the. Uh, the 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 grammarian in me. I'm. I was reading an article about this earlier, and it says something about uh, how you know, they're they're um, attacked by creatures uh, known as those of whom we must not speak. And I was like, no, sorry, you're not that lucky. They do end it with a preposition <laughs> yeah. constantly through the movie. It yeah. is technically those we don't speak of. So, <laughs> so some, someone online was trying to fix it. I'm like, nah, I just gotta let it go. You gotta. You gotta <laughs> it's the way it is. Um, so the the. It, it's interesting, like she's she's give, given these this bag of rocks and she's told these are the magic rocks that will prevent the monsters from attacking you. And that's what they tell the boys. 
That's for the boy's sake, isn't it? Because as soon as yes. they're gone, she's yep. like, I don't need these as rocks As soon as anymore. the last one abandons <laughs> her, she just dumps it because, like, we're telling the audience, yeah, that she knows that these are that these aren't, you know, they're not real. Um, and that's when our guard is down as the audience, right? That mm. We know, okay, she's alone in the forest, but, you know, she's safe. There's no real monsters there, right? Uh, well, then she almost falls in this pit, this Chekhov's pit, because it's going to come back in, at the end. But, um, you know, she, she almost falls in the pit. She she saves herself, but she's attacked and escapes. And, and so there's this I mean, it's it's a good it's a good scare. Like they did a good job. You know, he did a good job of of uh, of managing our expectations and messing with them. Um, so uh, Edward says about Ivy. So, we you know, we keep cutting back and forth to. Ivy stumbling, literally stumbling blind through the woods uh, to Edward within the village and talking. And he says, I love this line. She is led by love. The world moves for love. It kneels before it in awe. And I'm like, so true. Like, so, I mean, wow, that is, that is such a great line because, you know, it is, she is motivated by love and her love, you know, is, is his faith is in love. And her love, and that's why he sends her, and why he believes she'll be able to do it. Uh, so I thought I'm that a huge sap. I, I I literally tear up every time I see that scene. Yeah, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> <laughs> My wife sees it coming. She's like, "Oh, here we go." But, <laughs> but, but the waterworks. Turn them on. <laughs> For me, it's like you. Know, we know what it should mean. Yeah, uh, but is it you know? For it's always like you're talking about romance. Are you talking about? The, the he's on the track. Feeling, or are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, are you talking about the guy yeah. on the cross? Right. You know mm-hmm. that we kneel before, and that that her very action is love. Like this is what you do for love. Now she's doing it. You know, there's a lot of emotion um, in there, but it's also you know, um, if it wasn't real, it, would she really be doing? You know, if it wasn't you know uh, actual love. Uh, this is what you do. You, you put right. yourself in danger. You're, you're going, you're going in blind. Um, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm there and she gets to the stone path and she starts going in this direction. I'm like, how do you know it's that direction? <laughs> so he didn't tell you to go right or left. Did he? I don't right. think he did. He just like, follow the road. <laughs> I hope it's the right direction. Right. Right. <laughs> well, didn't he, I, I was actually confused this time around. Cause he says, you know, they, they even play it too. a half day's journey and you'll come to, and I'm like, hasn't she been out at least one whole night? Or then, sitting in the rain, yeah. I mean, maybe she just right, you know, was trying to sit out the storm or something. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe a half day yeah. journey, like you know, puts in potty breaks and rest stop, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Stop at Burger King on the way. So you know, well, this is really going to take six hours. <laughs> but it also gives you that sense that this is a deep, deep in this woods. Like they're yeah. way in there, you know. And it makes me uh, that it was. I guess it was around this point. I was thinking to myself, could a village that looks like this? really be self-sufficient i mean there's a lot of iron work you know there's a lot of stuff in there mm-hmm. that you know i don't think like villages of the 19th century that had the level of comforts that they have could be completely self-sufficient from the outside world there had to be story about going to the towns like well yeah we got some stuff from the towns yeah but now it's just a little too way too dangerous to go out there we made this agreement we won't people died we put our yellow flags out. What I'm sort of surprised about, too, with, with, you know, with Knight's personal knowledge of and love for, you know, the sort of Philadelphia area. Um, 
I'm a little surprised as a, a lifelong Pennsylvanian myself because I'm looking at this like you know, like like breaking it down too much. Like, listen, if I'm gonna do this, there's lots of other places I would go to in Pennsylvania than you know. 30 minutes outside Philly, (laughs) you know, like, cause there's no way And this. This is again, one of those things like it's a movie about like people pretending to be monsters and, you know, and the thing that I'm stuck on is like, wait a minute, hold on the light pollution alone from like you would not. So, I mean, if you want to do this, anybody, I'm telling you, you want to go to like middle of the state or very Northern Pennsylvania, where you can go for like, 20 or 30 minutes without seeing another anything right you know it's 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 not too different than parts of like wyoming in some places they don't say where (laughs) in pennsylvania it is right i mean that's true that's that's true they did film it and that's right Right. that's right so maybe they are they're out in like you know more central pennsylvania although we do find (laughs) out from the rangers that um Walker paid off somebody in the government to reroute air traffic, yeah, which was you know kind of a scandal. So, um, you know, the, which because that's I'm sure someone was thinking that you know, like, well, yeah. what about airplanes? You know, that would have come up, and so we're gonna have to make up another story to scare the kid. Those are the creatures flying above us. dragons. Well, did you guys? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys notice too in the paper? And it's of course very deliberate, like in the yeah. newspaper that Knight's character is reading. It's Every single thing on that page is, is some a horrible bad thing. Yes. Tragedy. Yep. Yep. War. Yeah, and we only see violence. the back of of M9. Yeah. You know, well, that, we see yeah. we see his face in reflection of the yeah. medicine fridge. That's, That's right. Yeah. The one place we yeah, see to, it to help us know he's paying no attention to him stealing. The drug. Very right. Very Hitchcock. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of just he appears. I, I do like. Yeah. You know, she climbs the wall of the preserve and is. I mean, it's lucky she's found by the ranger right away. I'm not sure what she would have done otherwise. Like walked along the road till. Somebody found her, mm. but yeah, but he, he was right there um, and believes. Well, her. was he? I mean, she could have been standing there a while. I suppose. Right? I guess that's I don't true. think she we don't see her jump over the wall. We just kind of see her there. I think. Did you notice that the wall was ivy? The that's wall was enough. covered in <laughs> ivy. Yeah. <laughs> Before and after she was on it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, the, you know, who knows what the note said? Because she has no idea. She can read it, right? So the right. note could have been a very detailed. This is Edward Walker. Give her <laughs> penicillin, uh, amoxicillin, whatever you know, whatever the three things yeah. was, um, into antibiotics. Um, and then um, Walker, yeah. And then at the end, Walker asks this good question. Well, when the when the elders are all behind that building, what happens when we die? Do we enlist the next generation to keep up the roost? Do you know, are they going to train the next generation to tell their kids the same lie? How will their kids react when they find out or do they not? Or they just, and at the end, because of Noah's sacrifice, as he puts it, the, um, they don't have to put on the costumes anymore because they have evidence. A creature attacked Ivy in the woods and Ivy is, mm-hmm. everyone will believe Ivy. And, and Noah died from the creature. Yeah, and Noah right. is and Noah dead. Was killed yeah. by the creature. Right. So, uh, and and that's where we end it. We don't know if actually Lucius survives. You right? I mean, he just right. We, don't I don't we think assume. It's I think we assume. I, right. I don't. I don't know. I, I I like that's another bone of contention. It was a little bit for me, but not that much because I just kind of assumed a happy ending. Obviously, mm-hmm. my daughter Maria was like, <sighs> and I'm like, would you have been happier if? You know, the last scene was them dancing at their wedding, which I thought it would have been cool. Yeah. I don't know if they had that shot and they decided not to use it, but. I think I, I think Shimon's making a point. It's like it's not the act of love was it, it's not like I, as a Christian, I would say the sacrament of marriage is the important thing. But from the point right. of, his, of his story, 
the true proof of love is not this wedding ceremony. The proof of love was her self-sacrifice, her yeah. going to get the medicine. And so in a sense, you don't need to see the wedding. You can believe that it happens if he, sure. survive, if he survives getting stabbed <laughs> all these times. Let's let's assume he that it's a movie so we can assume he does. It, it's amazing that he. Yeah. But and that that whole thing juxtaposed to how the elders been acting the whole time with right. scaring people and being afraid and staying back. And she was courageous and saved her loved one and didn't like go to a village by herself and try to trick everybody because her loved one died. Right. Right. Well, one thing I don't want to forget to 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 mention that's kind of tangential to to um, or well, it's parallel to, to some of this uh, is. Did you guys wonder like when he comes out, because I've always kind of wondered about this and I, I was thinking it through this time when he when Edward walks out like they're going back and forth and making this decision of whether or not he's going to send Ivy which makes me think like how long is is Lucius over here <laughs> slowly dying of an infection it's like yeah. people are walking around it but he walks out and he says to her she's sitting in the chair on the porch and he says you know the moment I found out that my my daughter was you know going to be blind for the rest of her life I was sitting in that chair and he says I felt so ashamed and I, I'm like, what are you ashamed that your daughter's blind? Like what? You know, I th but this time I was wondering, is it, you know, is he sort of hinting there? He's ashamed because maybe there's something about her blindness that could have been taken care of if yes. they're not out here. Yeah. Like well, they're out here thinking. because he put them out there. Yeah. But I just thought it's interesting. But he says it to her. Which like, how what does she think that means? I'm like, that doesn't. Well, I wonder about then that. He like, explains, <laughs> right. He explains. Well, he doesn't really. No, he doesn't. Does he? She never, no. she never, she never finds out about he the just modern says world. That to her. She just finds out about the fake monster. Yeah, and yeah. and, and, and like, what his reason huh. for it? Like, why do you guys do that? Is never addressed. That that's kind of a right. problem when you think about it. She's got to be like, so why do you guys? Well, I think do he kind of gets it that he wanted her to never know the the pain of loss and to not go to the towns. That brings me back to that point I was making in the beginning too, which is they're trying to get away from all the bad of the modern world, except they have all of this bad of the 19th century, which is <laughs> the lack of modern medicine and the suffering right. that they impose on their children as they are trying to save themselves from their grief. And it's sort of a, I mean, that's what you know Nicholson says early on as we tried to get away from sorrow, but sorrow followed us. You know, it's like yeah. you can't escape from the broken world and you, you're going to one way or the other. It's going to you're going to. And I think that in the end, he realizes that. Well, what if they, you know, and you don't want to get too utilitarian with it, but by the same token, like what if in theory, you know, in the grand scheme of things, one of those kids, if they hadn't been there, would have become some surgeon or some, you know, like right? some some contributor to society you know in a way that people would need I mean, who knows it's just all these questions come up i mean a life of like every once in a while we got a cower in the basement and hope we don't get eaten is is not right. a happy childhood life but you right. also right. if you if you want to look at christian christian symbolism possibility you know you have the 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 cowardly servant who took his one talent and buried it in the ground right uh, yeah. and and nothing became of it because he was too scared and what it, what happens, you know, when the monsters come around, we bury our children in the basement because we're scared. I mean, you could mm. I, yeah. how intentional that might have been. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going a lot further than, than <laughs> Dom was with the lack of a church. But it's I think it's there. It's the, the same truths are there. We're, we're too right. we're so frightened to live. We bury everything. 
they even know? bury the red stuff. Like the red is red is the color of blood and life and and beauty and passion, and they bury it. It's salvation, right. dangerous. Yeah, yes. salvation. <laughs> I mean, you know. They're burying yeah. anything any color like anything that's life right yeah you know and it, i kind of was thinking about this at after finishing it, like why did they choose to to be in the 19th century why not why why go through the farce and just like we're going to live apart from the world we're not going to pretend we're living in the past we're just yeah. we're going to live with all the modern conveniences just in the middle of a forest far away from everybody yeah. and never leave my daughter said why don't they just become amish and i'm like well that's not a good movie but I mean, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there had exactly. to be something about, I mean, that had to be a commentary of some right. sort by M. Night on what's, what was so good about the late 19th century as opposed to now. Right. Well, and it's so, it's so detached because you figure they, they must have set their clock shortly after the Civil War, right? Because I mean, they've, by the time it's 1897 on the yeah. little tombstone at the beginning, they've already been there for 25 or 30 years. It was years. probably 1877. You know, or, so it's, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've wondered about like, huh, like. They don't have to teach their kids about the Civil War. They can make up any story they want. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, true. <laughs> well, and, you know, Lucius, Lucius is, was a baby, right? And he's a, probably yeah. about 20 years old at the start of the movie. So uh, you figure that it was about 20 years, right? That's, so everybody other yeah, probably, than the yeah. elders is is 20 years or younger frankly i mean that's kind of um yeah interesting you know everyone had to have been at least a, at most a baby uh before mm. if, is to not remember so um which means they would have had to exclude anyone who had older kids you know kind of yeah i used to have nintendo <laughs> what's nintendo <laughs> what? what's he talking about <laughs> he's, crazy. Everything. he's like noah don't pay attention yeah, yeah yeah he's ruined everything uh Anyway, any last thoughts about uh, this? Anything we missed that you guys want to bring up, uh, Mike Dense? Um, you know, I was thinking there would be, but I covered uh, everything that I wanted. <laughs> I, I already said how much I love the cast and the acting and the music. Um, and that I was kind of surprised at how much I enjoyed it, even though I thought, you know, it was all about the surprise ending, which was really not. I mean, the surprise ending yeah. was cool. It was nothing like the sixth sense. And when yeah, you saw it, you're like, right. oh, but you know, you kind of forgot to appreciate how well done it was all the way through. And so the, this right. yeah. second or third viewing, I don't know what it was, was uh, really enjoyable. Well, and I think that's the same for me, too. Like I said at the beginning, this is like, you know, this this twist being different, I think, by nature. Uh, and I, maybe that's why as much as I really love and respect the sixth sense, like I don't go back to that one very much. Mm. You know, this one I go back to a lot more. Which that, there's probably a bunch of reasons for that, but I I think it it's probably a little more watchable just because the the twists you know doesn't sort of I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. it's no it, it's there there's a story there that's distinct from the twist aspect of it. Right, I love the acting. I mean, I think Bryce yeah. Howard makes this very watchable. I, I really enjoy that character. Um, and there's something I, apart from the creepy parts, there's something about this idyllic life. I mean, there is something about yeah. this. Yeah. They have, they seem to have a, apart from the fear of, of what's around them, this beautiful life, uh, like the, the, uh, the communal meals and this, uh, like these interesting, nice parts of that. It's see a beautiful yeah. village. Um, and there's something compelling in that in for us. And that's what makes the other parts so creepy, I think. So um, but I, I think a lot of it is forced. I mean, like they, they're 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 forced happiness. Like, look at what we're doing. Isn't this great? You know? Yeah. And they're putting on their Stepford wife kind of faces. And the real joy <laughs> comes from Ivy, you know, and yeah. her, you know, the way she acts, which is not in tune with what the elders are kind of going to put on. And I 
I will say one last thing. Yeah. No, 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 she's not. Yeah, it's real yeah. for her. This was her first um, major role. Uh, yeah. Uh, M. Night saw her like in a in a play, and just cast her. And uh, I was reading some sort of back and forth tweet or whatever where she was saying thank you for betting on me. He goes, "Oh, it was not a bet. I knew you had it in the whole time. <laughs> it was, you know, amazing." So, and Michael Pitt as Fitton. Um, I just thought he was like just kind of a good little comedy relief. Everyone, he was always so scared. He's up on the tower. He's nervous. He abandoned her mm-hmm. in the woods. Uh, he he was he he looked like a tough guy, you know. Right. But yeah. he 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 clearly pushed come to shove. He was a coward. So I just enjoyed his performance too. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot. Yeah, a lot of good. A lot of a good cast. There was. I think that's one of the yeah. one of the things that makes this a good a good movie is the cast. Casting was fantastic. All right, so that should do it for now. Uh, we want to, before we go, thank uh, take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows, including Steve N., Iris V., Sean B., Paul M., and Gretchen L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. We would love to hear what you think of The Village. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page or send us an email to secrets at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. Until next time, Mike Dens, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of The Village. Well, yeah, I do this because I want other people to know that I want to do it. <laughs> and Mike Creevy, thank you as well. Well, blast as always. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of movies and TV shows on StarQuest. Quest.